Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Janoris Jermaine Jackrabbit Jenkins was born on October 29, 1988, or as Dave Gettleman likes to call him, Rabbit. He will probably be the only player in this previewing the Giants series that will have four names a part of his whole single name. Jenkins joined the Giants in 2016 and signed a five-year, $62.5 million contract coming from the St. Louis Los Angeles Rams. He looks to rebound after what was certainly a lackluster 2018 and return to his 2016 form. This is Previewing the Giants. Now, David, we're going to get this out of the way very quickly. We are huge, huge Norris Jenkins fans. Yes. Yes, we are. I I love everything about Janoris Jenkins from his, which we will talk about his rap career, um, to his just Instagram um, personality. Presence. Presence. To his cornerback play. A big fan of Janoris Jenkins. Big fan of Rabbit. I, I heard that, um, and I, I, I had to do a double take because I was like, did Dave Gettleman, did Dave Gettleman just refer to this man as Rabbit? <laughs> it's like, it makes no sense. It takes the point of Jack Rabbit and gets rid of it. The point is not Rabbit, but I digress. D- Dave Gettleman is not really like, and, and it surprised me because Dave Gettleman is not a player's GM. And I, you know, whether you think it's a good thing or a bad thing, in today's NFL, I think it's a bad thing, but this isn't a previewing the Giants Dave Gettleman episode. But the fact that he's just behind calling him any kind of resemblance of Jack he's Rabbit. A, he's a weird old man. He is it with, with his fucking Wii remotes. Yeah. <laughs> with his Wii remotes and the glasses that make him look like he's wearing one of those like really cheap disguises you buy at 99 cent store. The goatee, though. Ooh, that goatee. I really like that goatee. Makes him look tough. And there we are, ladies and gentlemen. This is where we completely fall off the rails when Justin starts talking about Dave Gettleman's tough goatee. If he didn't have that goatee, I think I would hate his guts. But because he has the goatee and the fake Boston accent. All right, anyway. Uh, Jack Oh, Rabbit. there it is. Jack I was Rabbit. wondering when we were, when, when we were going to get to the Boston accent. Rabbit uh, was part of the newly revamped Giants defense in 2016 that was uh, millions and hundreds of millions of dollars that we spent on that. Remember that? That was really fun. Uh, it led the Giants to 11 wins with no help from the offense, and I know at least I fell in love with him after that, shutting down Des Bryant and helping the Giants sweep the Cowboys in the regular season. That was the first time that they did that in 2016 since the 2011 season. We haven't done it since. Hopefully we can do it this year. Uh, Jenkins is actually the first player that we have done in our previewing the Giants series that has been on the team before 2017. So it's nice to actually talk about and preview a player that we actually know a a decent amount about. Uh, Jack Rabbit went to Pahokee High School in Southern Florida, 
also known as Pahokee Junior Senior High School, which confuses me because that does not make sense in my brain. Pahokee Junior Senior High School. It's Can you explain that one? It's like an oxymoron. It's like jumbo shrimp, or I, I can't think of another oxymoron on the top of my head. <laughs> some some notable <laughs> some notable <laughs> alumni. Uh, Justin, this is a late one. Th- yeah, we're, we're, rec- we're recording very late again. Bleeding blue after dark. We're grinding for you people. We we love you. We love all of you. Uh, some do. notable alumni from a uh, Pahokee uh, Junior Senior High School: Anquan Bolden, Ricky Jackson, Hall of Fame linebacker, Pernell McPhee. Uh, Eric Moore, former Patriot and Ram, Mel Tills, who is a member of the Country Music Hall of Fame, and last but not least, Raquina Williams of the WNBA. I probably said her name wrong, but she sounds like a queen to me. That was a good one. That that was a really good one. That was a good one. If if, if If we were recording with the soundboard, then we would have used the soundboard. Oh, yeah. After being ranked as the sixth corner in the country coming out of high school, he went to Gainesville, Florida to play football under Urban Meyer, who has a great reputation for coaching players of good character. That is a joke. Jenkins actually <laughs> did have some problems in college, but there's no need to talk about that because he is such a, he's such a great guy right now. There's no need to even bring that up. And that's it. That's, that's what we're going to talk about in terms of where he came from. But we are going to talk about his Rams days once we get into the stats and basic info. But first, we need to talk about Janoris Jenkins' presence on Instagram and his rap career. I'm going to read you some notable Jack Rabbit Instagram posts that I have found. It's an entree on my plate. That is a caption that he had with the picture of, I believe, his, his significant other. It's an entree on my plate. That's the caption. What you looking at with yo looking ass? And it's a picture of him with his grill. What you looking at with yo looking ass? Can you look out of an ass, David? Um, Some people like to talk out of their ass like I do all the time on this podcast. You do. You do. You talk out of your ass a lot. Um, <laughs> I don't think you can. Yeah, no, I don't think you can. I'm, I'm going to go on. This might, this might be a hot take. Previewing the Giants, episode five? Something like that. Yeah, I think so. My hottest take yet, I do not believe you can look out of your ass. Okay. Here's also a... a, a it's, this is a pretty inappropriate post, so I'm going to read around it. Flex Uma hit little Mama with a text. Tell her, come through. I know she is blank. What you are in a pool. What are you in a pool? You are... Not dry. Not dry. I just cashed in a check. I don't want the blank that's above your neck. I want the blank that's above that's below your head. <laughs> that's the Instagram post. So that made me really laugh. I can't remember the picture, but these captions just really make me laugh. And if you know, anybody can't follow what we were getting at, but you understood our clues, go on Urban Dictionary and figure it out. I'll tell you when you're older. Yeah, exactly. Also, less interesting point about his Instagram. He throws like big pool parties and big house parties. So what he'll do is he'll just put he'll just make a post being like big pool party, the fun, safe way and lit way. Address will be texted to you. Heavy security. So if you just DM Janoris Jenkins, if he's throwing a house party in Southern Florida and you just DM Janoris Jenkins, he will literally text you the address of wherever this pool party is. And you can go to and just fucking party with Janoris Jenkins. Do you want to do that? Do you want to go? We and- should live. We should live stream it. 
We should, and, and live stream. That's right. And, bleeding, and interview bleeding, bleeding blue live stream from Janoris Jenkins' house party. Just he'll just te- he'll just text you. You don't think he's silly enough to just give out his address? You don't. I, you you probably think that he has it like at other people's places. Oh yeah. No, well, no, he probably has like his party house, and then he's got like his real house. His party house. I love that. What's his contract, Justin? Six two and a half million dollars. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a man a can afford round. multiple houses. <laughs> All right, uh, stats and basic info. During his time with the Rams, to call his performance and play worthy of such a huge contract that we talked about, I think it would be a little suspect. But hey, it's the NFL. Uh, you're you got to play. You got to pay a money to get B talent. But Janoris Jenkins, when he was signed, he was a talent. His highest pro football focus grade before 2015 was a 73. But in 2016, his contract year, he had a grade of 80.5. Go figure. His yards allowed per coverage snap before his time with the Giants was 1.26, 1.33, a jump up to 1.5 in 2014, and then 1.23, with the average of his career being 1.26. Some of the best in the league have their numbers uh, under 0.9 and 0.7 yards allowed per coverage snap, so use this as just a bit of a point of reference. Jack Rabbit in 2016 had a pro football focus grade of uh, buckle your seatbelts here, 88.4 and a yards per coverage snap of 0.84 of a yard. We, of course, remembered how he dominated Des Bryant, like we previously mentioned. He also locked down A.J. Green in that season as well. I believe that was a Monday night football game at MetLife Stadium. It may be hard to measure production with the yards allowed per coverage snap, so here is something uh, that I uh, that I know I can at least wrap my head around. Jenkins' completion percentage allowed through the first three years of his career averaged around 65%, most notably a 72 completion percentage allowed in 2014. That's not very good. You want a wide receiver uh, catching the ball seven times out of a 10. You don't want your cornerback allowing seven out of every 10 attempts that that comes his way. Even the season in which he had an 80 pro football focus grade, he still allowed 67% uh, of a completion percentage. In 2016, he allowed a 50% completion percentage, a huge jump down. In 2017, we also saw the solid play continue with a pro football focus grade of 79, even though there was a bunch of the questions of his character with Ben McAdoo in the collapsing locker room. The story just changed in 2018, however. He finished with a grade of 68, which was the lowest in his career besides his rookie season. So this could tell us a few different things. Now, this is where it kind of gets serious. David and I can really like get, get all fun and games sometimes on this podcast, but this is where it kind of gets serious. Janoris Jenkins had a very interesting offseason last off, uh, in heading into the 2018 season. Uh, he found uh, his, I believe, David, you said it was his music producer. That Well, they at least had worked on music together. I don't know if it was, it was like an exclusive music. I, I literally saw that for the first time yesterday. That it was supposedly somebody who who they had worked together and that they were actively working together. Yeah, so he found a uh, a person who was deceased in his house, and it was and it was uh, supposedly and it was uh, linked with his brother. So going through that difficult time and going through that difficult loss, and also dealing with his brother, you know, going through a possible time of incarceration. And also, there was an undisclosed reason why Janoris Jenkins had to leave practice last year as well, and, a, and it was reportedly that he was in tears. So it was not only was he dealing with those things, and you know, again, we're we're 
we get very, you know, it's very serious. This is a, you know, this is a human, human experience, you know, along with, you know, obviously we like to talk about football, but you know, these are human beings at the end of the day as well. But additionally, um, he was uh, going into a new system with James Betcher's system. Uh, a lot, a lot of what uh, Steve Spagnolo did as a defense coordinator was a lot of base cover too. It was deep safeties, and it was uh, basically giving Janoris Jenkins. He knew his space. He knew how to navigate his space very well. So, whatever Steve Spagnolo's scheme was, it fit his strengths a lot better than James Betcher's, at least to start the season. And obviously, being a part of a secondary that is so overall, it was so bad where last year and also 2017, even though 2017 his play was still pretty solid, but being a part of a secondary that was so bad, whereas 2016 the secondary was recognized as one of the best in the league, you would have to think that it impacts the play um, of Janoris Jenkins and then additionally of also being in a new system that overall was, it was just overall led to not the best of situations. However, in the final five games of the 2018 season, Jack Rabbit returned to his shutdown form in those last games, Jenkins allowed zero touchdowns with a 61.5 opposing passer rating and only 46.2% of receptions caught. Could this be becomes could this be because teams were single-handedly targeting BW bad and worse web and attacking wherever Curtis Riley and Michael Thomas were? Maybe, but take those numbers as a positive because that is exactly what they are. So I want to look at his game log, David, from last year. And this is from Player Profiler, which has some really good uh, advanced got, got open. on a player. You have it open? Yeah, I do. Wow. It's because I put in the notes to look at his player profile, yeah, right? I, 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 had just, I had just been looking at Evan Ingram's. That's why I thought to do that. So here, so here are some significant numbers from Janoris Jenkins' game log from last year. His primary uh, coverage uh, assignment in week one was Keelan Cole, week one against the Jacksonville Jaguars. He allowed five receptions, seven with seven targets, eighty-one yards allowed. Not very good, especially because he did have an interception in that game. Though. He did have an interception, but still not very good, especially because I have never really heard of Keelan Cole. The next week, week two against Dallas, he allowed six receptions and six targets, one hundred and ten yards allowed, and he had one burn. So apparently, there was one play where he really got burned. Um, I want to scroll down to another significant game: Julio Jones, week seven. That Monday night football game against the Atlanta Falcons, he allowed 10 catches with 12 targets, 155 yards. Now, the story changes pretty much from week 12 on, where he played Alshon Jeffrey, two catches, two targets, 28 yards allowed. And basically, you go down the entire his entire game log after week 12, David, he allows a maximum of six catches, but in that same game where he allowed those six catches, he only gave up 17 yards. And then the game that he allowed the most yards out of the last final five games of the season, it was he allowed 50 yards to T.Y. Hilton. And, you know, that's pretty tough to contain T.Y. Hilton in that Colts offense. But the rest of those games, they were all under 20 yards. And that's absolutely incredible. So he really had a very strong finish to the 2018 season. Yeah, Janoris Jenkins is one of those players, and this goes for corners generally speaking. The same way how you say an offensive lineman is playing at his best when you don't talk, when you don't talk about him, a corner, a, sh- a number one or two corner is playing at their best when you never have to call their name, when they're taking the opposing receiver out of the game totally. So you look at some of these games in the game log, 
and you're talking about, uh, you know, three catches on nine targets for Amari Cooper, uh, one catch on six targets for Josh Doxson, two for two Alshon Jeffrey. These are these are upper level, not upper level receivers. He really owns Alshon Jeffrey well. And the other, uh, he also had a in the first game against Philly, it was three three catches on six targets, both with Carson Wentz. The less you're calling a cornerback's name, more most likely the better he's playing. He's taking his opponent out of the game 100%. And when Janoris Jenkins is at his best, he's capable of capable of that. He's also capable of, you know, some some cornerbacks are capable of taking a player out of the offense, but every once in a while, every time the ball does come to that receiver, it's a completion. It's just he manages to limit the amount of targets. Janoris Jenkins is also able cuz he's he's so quick. He's able to get in and and actively defense on a thrown ball, which I don't think all corners are capable of. He is, which is why you'll you see in his career the, the the completion percentage against kind of goes up and down. It's all over the place. It's a matter of, and I think you you pull up a good point, Justin, about talking about he was he was good in Spagnuolo's defense. You have to wonder about Betcher's defense, how it fits him. You you pointed out the idea of of the the kind of strong the, the high safeties. It's, it fits his play style a little bit better than maybe Betcher's does. But you have to also imagine a second year in that system. And, I mean, come on. You look at the defense that was put together last year. It was a disaster. By the, you know, by the middle part of the year, the defense was fried. The offense wasn't, you know, I've talked at length. I don't know how much you, how, how much you subscribe to this idea, but I'm a big proponent in the best the best situation for the defense is an offense that's producing. And little by little, by and I'm not talking just in an individual game. I'm talking this is across across spans of weeks. If in weeks one through four the offense isn't producing, weeks six through eight, the defense is going to fall apart. They're, they're overused. It's just too much. And that's how you end up seeing game, you know, games in the middle of the season, like 10, tar- 10 catches on 12 targets for Julio Jones. You can't, in week seven, expect Janoris Jenkins to walk to Julio Jones after defending. You know, you look at the beginning of, of, of this past season also. Look at week, weeks four through six. Michael Thomas, Devin Funches, Alshon Jeffrey. 47 yards, 66 yards, 25 yards. Michael Thomas, 47 yards. That's an impressive number. DeAndre Hopkins even. Only 86 yards, but we're talking about potentially the best receiver in the NFL. So I think Jenkins' numbers, and I was under the impression that he did not play very well last year, but you need to take things with cornerbacks with a grain of salt, in my opinion. There's a lot of other factors that go into why maybe they're giving up targets. Maybe the scheme, you know, sometimes a cornerback will give a receiver an eight yard cushion, and that receiver catches the ball for four yards. Well, and it was a, and it was a third and eight. Um, I'm okay with that. That's 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 a positive completion in my opinion. So yeah, the completion percentage against is gonna it's gonna fluctuate, but it's it's a matter of game circumstances. So looking at his previous year's stats, that's kind of what I see with Jenkins is up and down play. Yes, but. You look at it. You look at the game log. There are some worrisome things, but I think there's a lot more that goes into why a number one corner might struggle, and I think that's what Jenkins has been a victim of last year and the previous year. 
So for 2019, Jenkins has emerged as a veteran leader. And I can imagine this transition for Jack Rabbit of being a leader and the older veteran in the room has certainly been an interesting one because you know you look at his personality. He he is kind of he, he's he's quiet, he's reserved, even though obviously he has this presence on social media on the social media, he is kind of quiet, he is a little bit more reserved. Um, however, he has really taken this role seriously where Publicly, he has always said, I'm not much of a talker. I just like to play football and lead by example. However, you watch practices after plays where he is on the sidelines, he's jogging over to his DBs to talk to them about the play. So much for a guy who has an attitude problem in 2017, right? So this has been absolutely awesome to see. He probably knows. Now, this is the thing, Dave. He probably knows that this may be his final year in blue, especially if if these young corners, these young corners do emerge and could take full reign of NFL action. And if he gets cut from the giants, he's not getting anywhere near the money and the salary that he's getting right now. Nevertheless, he is playing his ass off and he's helping this football team grow as a whole. And again, the reason why we're, we're so in love with Janoris Jenkins, despite the high cap hit is because he, he does these things and he's still being this leader. He is being a vocal leader, no matter how much he denies it. He's a fucking vocal leader. He's the man. Well, and think back to the, the 2015 season. That Giants defense was, I'm sorry, 2016 season. That Giants defense was a top four or five defense in the NFL. By, by all, but I would say by all accounts, they, they were a top five defense that year. The second best player on that defense was Janoris Jenkins. There's no two ways about it. The best player on that defense was Landon Collins. Janoris Jenkins... And there were some weeks where he probably played like the best. What he did to certain players, cornerbacks are in such a thankless position because they can only win so many times. They can only do so many things. When you think about, you know, Janoris Jenkins averages somewhere around probably 92% of the snaps, 93% of the snaps uh, per year. Which is insane. Which is insane. You're looking, I'm looking at his, at his, his snap rate. It's, it's through the roof every game. And when you're talking about, Offensive and uh, uh, defensively, you're probably looking at what 55 snaps then total. If you're at, if you're you know playing 95, 96 percent of the snaps, looking at 52, 53, 54 snaps. If you allow six catches, that's considered a bad game. But six catches for 40 yards, I'll take that. So to go along with your with your leadership, uh, your your leadership um, assertion for Junior Jenkins, I think. He's a leader that, that knows that his leadership does not need to bleed out into the media, doesn't need to bleed out outside the locker room. I think you make a good point. Landon Collins was the, quote, vocal leader of the Giants for the last couple of years, especially their defense. He was the one who was a little more boisterous. He didn't mind showing the media and showing the fans that, he he was kind of about it a little bit more. So he was about yeah, the lights yeah, a little bit more. Yeah, publicly publicly calling Eli Apple a cancer and throwing exactly him exactly the bus like that. Jenkins has never Jenkins is not that player. He's he's a I think he's a positive influence to guys like DeAndre Baker, Julian Love, uh, Corey Ballantine, Sam Beal. He's he's got to be a positive influence to all these guys, and they've got a lot to learn from him. So it's hard to talk about corners and really analyze their play because it's so. Like I said, there, there's so much that goes into why a corner might fail. So ultimately, my analysis overall of Jenkins' 2019 season is 
every cornerback and every secondary player underneath him is going to be better for playing underneath him. They will their play will have gotten better by the end of the season because they're playing under him. Now, David, let me let me kind of this kind of leads me into into a question and a bit of an observation. So I'll tell the observation first on the question. In terms of Jenkins' uh, 2019 season, you could bet your bottom dollar that opposing teams are going to try and target our young and rookie defensive backs because Jenkins, he's pretty much the only proven guy on our defense among our DBs besides Grant Haley, which I mean, <laughs> Grant Haley he was an undrafted a uh, undrafted guy out of Penn State last year, so. That's not really saying that much. So I want to ask you, does this bode well for Jenkins' season in terms of, you know, oh, we're going to look at the game log and we're going to see that he's been barely targeted early in the season because opposing offenses are going to try and target, target, target our young DBs. Do you think that's going to be the case? Or do you think it's going to be status quo where it's just like, oh, you know, they're still going to throw at Jenkins just because that's just what that's just what you got to keep it. Do. You got to keep an off uh, defense honest. I mean, yeah, probably. You'll you'll probably see that his numbers in the beginning of the year are maybe a little inflated. Um, in in or, in what way? I should say deflated. Okay. Um, like in the idea that his target, you know, catches are down, targets are down, might lead you to believe that he's shutting down the opposing receiver, and it might be true in some instances. I don't, you know, obviously that that's all. It's all a prediction. Which is why I find it so difficult to very clearly say how well or, or not well he played across an entire season. There's so much that goes into it. It's, it's, such a, it's such an interesting position on the field. It's the only position on the field that I think is really hard to quantify, maybe, maybe in addition to offensive line. But yeah, no, I, I think the young guys underneath him will actually help his stats, but I don't think it will last long. I, you know, NFL offenses are able to adjust fairly quickly, and I think they'll know where to attack what player. And Jenkins is attackable, as, as we've went over. All right, so in terms of predictions, D David has really made it clear, and I think it's a great point <laughs> that defensive back is hard to Don't evaluate. ask me, basically. <laughs> defensive back is very hard to evaluate, so I'm not really sure if it's worth like, oh, because to say that, oh, Jenkins is going to have a bad season if he has anything less than five interceptions. Well, if nobody's throwing at him, then great. I don't need to see him have five interceptions. I don't need to see him have this many tackles. I really think that we've we've kind of even put in kind of what we've, what we've wanted to see. We want to see the continued leadership. We want to see the continued effort be there despite what the record is, which we think that he's going to we, – we think that's going to happen. We, we trust this guy's character, unlike what's been reported in 2017 – so we again, this is another player where I feel like we've said this about a few players. We know what we're going to get out of Janoris Jenkins. It's not like this guy is young. It's not like this guy's like Evan Ingram. It's not like this guy is um, a rookie where we don't know what we're going to get out of him. We know exactly the type of player that we are going to get out of Jenkins. I think he can return to number one corner form in 2019 and can be trusted more. I'm not going to say he's going to replicate his 2016 season because that was just a nutso season. Week one will be a huge test for Jenkins. He did well week 17 against Amari Cooper, but week one, huge test for Jenkins and ready for another Justin hot take. He has one per episode, I think. I think that's going to be a pattern. One Justin hot take per previewing the Giants episode. Um, seeing how well Jenkins does against Amari Cooper, it will set the tone for, his two, for how his 2019 season goes. When you think about it, it's more of a sports radio lazy take rather than a hot take. <laughs> so I'm gonna re I'm gonna reevaluate that that whole statement. So David, uh, here 
here, all right, here's my main question. Here's my main question for you. This is how we're going to wrap up. We're going to wrap up with kind of like a, a, a negative question. If we get to a certain point in the season and we are not competitive, not competitive in terms of going for a playoff spot, do you think we trade Janoris Jenkins away? Yeah, I think I, I was, I, I think I'm probably somewhere on this podcast on record as saying that I thought Janoris Jenkins was the next one they get traded when the Giants started selling house in the middle of last season, uh, along with Snacks Harrison and um, Eli Apple. Eli Apple, there you go. I thought he was next. Um, it was, I, I believe it was after the Atlanta Falcon game that they really started, they started selling. That's because he had a well. Jenkins had a very big game, exactly as the entire the entire defense did. Um. So yes, I do think if if we go if we you know, we get to week uh, week seven or so, and sitting at two and five, Jenkins is not improved off of last season. It, the defense is still shaky. I think he's I think he's quick. I, I think he's he is the next one on the chopping block, and that's not necessarily because they'll be so frustrated with him. It just makes the most sense. All right, David, do you have any final thoughts before we end this episode of previewing the Giants' Janoris Jenkins? Not necessarily about Janoris Jenkins, but I do want to say, Justin, and I hope uh, everybody listening would agree, um, I'm having a good time doing this. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm, it's enjoyable. It's making me – it's like per episode, I'm like more and more excited for the season to start. So I hope that everyone listening is getting some valuable information and and, and maybe will uh, look at the team individually on a, in a different light, you know, for every player you're looking at, maybe noticing some new things and, and focusing on some new things. So I'm having a very good time. I hope everyone else is having a good time listening. Very well said. Um, these episodes are longer than we initially intended them to be. So please, please, please let us know if you like them. Um, I think we've already gotten some feedback and it's been very positive. And I thank you all who have given me the feedback so far, but really let us know if, if these are too long, tell us they're too long. If you want them shorter, if you want the personal info and you just want to start focusing on the stats and basic info, if you don't want to hear as many stats, I'm a big stats guy. I kind of like, I kind of like to let these statistics and the advanced analytics from pro football focus kind of paint a story for me. So Please give me some feedback. Give us some feedback. These are a lot of fun to grind through, but because they're longer, we're working harder, but we want to make sure that we're providing the best content for you in the best possible way. Cause we know that, you know, 25 to a half an hour, that's a lot every day for you to listen. So, but we thank you for listening. We thank you for sticking through us. We thank you for supporting. Keep on bleeding blue and David. Um, stay beautiful, everybody. <laughs>